0: This week, I will not be speaking from the Parsha. I really felt that the Lord wanted me to go in a specific direction uh, about prayer. And so I'll have the pleasure of uh, looking at one of my favorite chapters in the Bible with you. But before we do that, I want to make sure we're on the same page. So, do you believe that the spiritual, uh, the physical situations in your life can change because of the spiritual realm? Yes. Yes. I hope you say yes. Do you believe that God hears your prayers and answers you for your good? So, if The answer is yes, which I'm expecting and hoping and praying that it would be yes. Um, That has to look like something. Faith without works is dead. And we have to, if we believe that God can change things, then we need to immerse ourselves into the spiritual warfare that we see in the book of Daniel, that we see all throughout Scripture, really. There is warfare going on, and we are God's warriors. So we have to get involved in what he is asking us to do. Now, some people... Prefer things like Bible studies, which is great. We love Bible studies, and some things, some people prefer different aspects of the faith. But I believe that prayer is a requirement. And when you feel uncomfortable about prayer, it's because you haven't prayed enough. Um, I would not to lift up anybody. Uh, or uh but i would assume that cameron has a pretty strong prayer life because he didn't once given the microphone he didn't want to sit down this morning <laughs> so if he does that in front of the congregation i'm sure that um you know as it talks about in luke you know where the God is saying, "Well, you you know, you just keep doing it, and it's like the man who, uh, who the the woman the woman was going after the judge and and wouldn't stop and, until he he acquiesced and and God's telling us to not stop until he acquiesces. We don't always get our answers to prayer immediately, but the requirement of being consistent prayer warriors, whether we get the answer when we want it, or when we think we should get it, or what it is, that is really not the question. The question is, are we being faithful? Because we know God is being faithful. Well, the reason to be involved in warfare is because it could be our children, who are struggling, or other family members. It could be our finances or our jobs. It could be a problem with our friends, or you just could be discouraged. You could be depressed because of the things that are going on in the, in this country. The the outward the 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 the, the hatred that is is being. Well, I don't want to get too much of a, a, on a rabbit trail, but it's amazing the very people who are talking about love 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 are also when you disagree with them, the ones that are giving you the the greatest uh trials of 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 what they're saying to you. So We have to be different, and the way we are different is because we are prayed up, we are spiritual warriors, we are ready for battle. So I want to talk about prayer because this kind of warfare... Is, is what is required in these days. These are the end of days. You know, God said that in the end of days, uh, hearts will grow cold. And, and that right and wrong will, will take different positions. You know, it, it, it's just a crazy, crazy world right now. And, but it's nothing that God didn't expect. So we have to do our part. Now, also, we are preparing, believe it or not, for the Moedim, God's holy days, the, the days coming up in the end of September uh, and October. Uh, these are times that are important to us and to our people, and the time to share with Jewish people is today and tomorrow, because we want them at our Russia Shana Yom Kippur, and Sukkot services. We want them with us. And so we want them to hear about Yeshua at these services. So we want to invite people. And so you have about seven weeks to invite people. That should be enough. But I'm also asking... For prayer and fasting, I would like to see the congregation in some kind of prayer and fasting from August the 17th, which is a Wednesday, to September 25th, which is a Sunday. And the reason for that 40 day period. Uh, There are a lot of reasons, but one is it ends, that prayer and fasting ends on Rosh Hashanah. That evening, we will have our service. Uh, And as you all know, because you're all Messianic veterans, uh, the actual name of this holy day is not Rosh Rosh Hashanah, it is Yom Teruah, the day of the blowing or the day of the blowing of the trumpets or shofar. So um, in the next few weeks, I want to talk about prayer, because if we believe that God can do something in the spiritual realm, but even affect the physical realm, then we need to be praying so that our efforts are riding on those prayers, And so today, we're going to only speak about one aspect of prayer, and the whole message is just about one or two little words, which we'll talk about in a moment. It's, for me, one of the key characteristics. It should begin, if you're having a quiet time in the morning, which I'm hoping you are, You would begin with this particular trait in your quiet time, but we'll see what that is. Last week, we talked about the ordination of Joshua. This week, we see the ordination of Solomon in the scripture that I want to read with you, and it's David, King David, in a sense, ordaining his son for kingship. And so we turn to First Chronicles 29, which is, as I said, one of my favorite chapters, um, uh, yeah, chapters in, in Scripture. I'll skip around certain verses, but uh, let's start with verse one. Then King David said to the entire assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the task is great, for the palace is not for man, but for Adonai Elohim. And I find it funny that King David is saying about his son Solomon that he's young and inexperienced, because David was young and inexperienced. But at any rate... Um, But the good news is that God chose Solomon, and the task is great because this has to be done not for himself and not for pride issues. This has to be all about the Lord. And in verse 2 it says, now I've made every effort to prepare for the house of my God. And I'm assuming that King David... um, got a lot of the supplies for Solomon, and got him the contacts. You say, you know, go to this guy for the trees, and you know, so we can get the wood, and here's where you find all these other things. Okay, and then uh, verse three. Moreover, in my devotion to the house of my God, I have given over my private treasure of gold and silver to the house of my God. You like a leader who leads by example. <laughs> and so he's explaining that he's given of his treasure, the gold and silver. And, and that, then it says, in addition to all that I've already supplied for the house of the Lord. And then it talks about gold for golden objects and silver for silver for all the works. And then it says, into the hands of craftsmen, who then will offer willingly, consecrating himself this day to Adonai. Well... That means that the workmen that will probably have to be the, these craftsmen will be volunteers it sounds like but at the very least they'll have to consecrate which uh, really means dedicate their self to the Lord before they start working. And I, I love the fact that at this time in David's life which is towards the end of his life uh, David is so focused on everything about God. Everything. This is a God thing and and really wants to give this understanding to his son. In verse 6 it says, Then the leaders of the clans, the officials of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and hundreds, and the supervisors over the king's work contributed willingly. So... Not only is the leader, the king, giving, but now it's the leaders under him are giving to the house to build the house for God. And again, a great example to the people, which so makes sense in verse nine, then the people rejoiced over their free will offerings, because of uh, with a whole heart, they offered willingly to Adonai. So And then it says, King David also rejoiced with great joy that the people followed. They got the vision of giving. Now, you say, well, what does this have to do with prayer? And what does this have to do with the first aspect of prayer? Give me a moment. Stay with me. And we'll try and figure it out. In fact, I want to skip a number of verses and go to the actual prayer. And then we're going to go back and we're going to see what led up to it. Now, when I use the word prayer, in this case, I'm talking about the request. King David made a request of God. Actually, a couple requests. But I want you to see where it came from and what came before that request. But let's look at the request now. Verse 18. Adonai, God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, our fathers, Preserve forever such motives. So now, when we go back, your job will be to define what are such motives. Okay? And thoughts in the hearts of your people and make their heart constant towards you. So this is his request. God, make the people constant towards you. I love the request. And then verse 19, and as my son Solomon, give him a whole heart to keep your mitzvot, very similar to what Eric said. You want to follow God? Follow his decrees, his statutes, the the things that he has written in his word. Follow them. Fulfill them. And then also, David says, build the temple for which I have made provision as he explains it one more time. So what is preceding this very short prayer, by the way, which only has two or three parts if you look at what he's asking for. One's for the people, a couple things for Solomon, and that's it. That's the whole prayer. So, well, first of all, what preceded this prayer, we know, is that King David was teaching the leaders and the people about giving their finances. And King David is teaching the people about the importance of blessing God with our physical gifts. In a sense, what he's given us, we're giving back to him. This shows our heart. Now, as we read verses 10 through 13, we're going back again, King David teaches the people again about giving to God, but now it's their hearts and it's through their words. It's through adoration. And so let's pick up verse 10, where David blessed Adonai before the whole congregation, saying, "'Blessed are you, Adonai, God of Israel,' Our Father, from eternity to eternity, yours, Adonai, is the greatness, the power, and the splendor, the victory, and the majesty. Indeed, everything in heaven and earth, yours is the kingdom, Adonai, and you are exalted above all. Both riches and honor come from you. You rule over everything. In your hand is power and might. In your hand to magnify and give strength to all. Now our God... We give you thanks and praise your glorious name. So, you ever want to get excited about God? Read this passage. Because it's directing us. It's directing us to King David's heart. This is a characteristic that is, is showing us when we know, well, first of all, uh, the whole idea of praise is to know who God is and to know uh, what, he, what his attributes are and what he has done for us. So the key principle we're looking at in today's message is before we ask God to do something, let's bless him. Praise him and thank him, because. And so, uh, one of the things I loved about Cameron's prayer was that that's exactly what Cameron was doing, um, you know. And and and, I believe that this is part of the format that. Um, as, as we continue in this message, we can see that, that this makes sense to begin you, before you request. Um, now, let, let me say, if, if you're cynical, any, do I have any cynical people here? Um, if your kids came up to you and said, Mom, Dad, you're the best. You're the greatest. You, you say, what, what are you going to say? What do you want? Exactly. What do you want? Well, at least God at that point is asking you what you want, right? So, I mean, for the cynical people, we're buttering God up. But for the non-cynical people, we're just worshiping and praising him and blessing him and thanking him. And then when, when we sense the power of God in our lives, because that's what happens when we are focused on him and worshiping him, then the power of God falls upon us. And now we're in a position to ask him from his heart as well as our heart, where our hearts are, are together. And so yes. What th- thank you. <laughs> so so v- verses 10 through 13 are I-, I think great and and I we talked a uh, couple weeks ago about praying scripture. And if you wanted to add to your list scriptures to pray, I would pray this Group that we just read. Now, if you remember, for those of you who weren't there, about praying Scripture, it's not the only way to pray Scripture. It's it's just my way of praying Scripture. It's uh, other people's ways as well. But uh, it there are many ways we can do this. But if we take verse ten, which just says, "Blessed are you, Adonai, God of Israel, our Father, from eternity to eternity." The whole idea of of praying Scripture is to magnify the important words. Get them deep into your spirit so that they push out the garbage that's been there from whoever knows how long based on our culture and all the other places we've learned. And and so if we we would say something like, Lord, uh, blessed are you, Father. That means, Father, uh, you are Beyond what I can even imagine, uh, you are, Lord, awesome. You are. Uh, I magnify you, Lord, in my heart, in my mind, and Lord, I'm focused on you and only you. And so, Lord, you are the God of Israel, our Father, and as the God of Israel, you, your hand has been on our people for thousands of years. You have not only judged us, but you have brought us back. And you have promised that your spirit would flow upon your people. You promised that we would come back into the land. We are back into the land. You promised that Jerusalem would once again be in our hands, and we are now. And, and so, Lord, you have been our God and and so and you're also our father which means you want a personal uh, relationship with us you want to talk to us you want to hear us you want to be with us and so Lord we are spending time with you today because you are our father and we want to spend time with our father and we thank you and praise you and and Lord you have said from eternity to eternity And I'll stop here because when I did this in in, as I was preparing for the message and I read from eternity to eternity, that made zero sense to me. Because if you understand what eternity is, there's no beginning and no end, and we're going from no beginning and no end to no beginning and no end. And I'm trying to figure out what does that mean? And I still haven't figured it out, except that I know it's a long space. (laughs) Which doesn't seem to begin, doesn't seem to end, but somehow we go from there to there. How can we, we can't go from there to there because there's no beginning and no ending. Okay, all right. That's just a little vent. Lord, if you can help me figure that out, that'd be great, but what I figured out is that God is bigger than what I can imagine. And He is He is just which makes it even more interesting that He wants to have a relationship with me and you. I, I mean that that's crazy that the God who who is from eternity to eternity, which however big that is, but we know that it's bigger than our galaxy and it's bigger than all the other galaxies and it's bigger I mean, it's just big, and he wants to have a relationship with us. I think we should take advantage of it. Yes. Anyway, so now King David is still speaking in front of his people in verse 14. And he says, and, and this is amazing when you think about it. Here is the king, the king of Israel. But who am I? I mean, how would you say that? in front of all your constituents, you know, like, hey, I'm nobody. You know? And who are the people? You're nobody too, by the way. (laughs) Just saying. That we should be able to offer so willingly as this. So the, the whole thinking about offering and giving is turned around here. Because now what he's saying is that we are giving because it's, it's our opportunity. It's, it's something that this is a blessing to us that we can give. And, and that the fact that you allow us to give back to you is amazing, Lord. And, and so and then it says, for everything comes from you. And from your hand, we have given to you for we are sojourners before you mere transients like our fathers our days on the earth are like a shadow without security except that it's all about god everything is and and you know it it made me think of the scripture in psalm 8 4 and 5 those of you who know um uh, marty gets his song um how excellent uh is his name is your name um he takes it from Psalm 8, 4, 5. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you established, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the Son of Man that you care for him? So David is humble. He is speaking with true humility. And in verse 16, Adonai Eloheinu. All this abundance that we have laid aside to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand. It all belongs to you. Everything belongs to the Lord. So, let me explain what I'm trying to say. We need to bless and praise God. There are three ways There are probably millions of ways, but there are three ways that I'll mention that we bless God. One is the giving of our finances. The second is we give him words of adoration. And the third is we come before him humbly with not sensing that we have anything, but our relationship with him. And that's why we rely on him. That's why we trust him. So we are humble before him as servants before the living God and say, Lord, help me. Yeah, help. And so uh, I I am nothing and I have nothing. And so These are ways to praise God and worship God. And I believe that every prayer time should begin with giving to God first. And giving to God, whether it's finances or words of adoration, or just coming with a heart of humility and just allowing God to take that humility and do something with it. So in verse 17 it says, I know my God that you search the heart and take pleasures in uprightness. With integrity of heart I have willingly offered these things. What has he offered? He's offered finances. He's offered words of adoration. And he's offered a heart of humility. A heart that knows his station. His station is he is a servant of the living God. And now I have seen with joy your people who are present here, willingly, contribute to you. So his joy is when all the people are doing what he's doing. His joy is that the people are all in the same place as he is. They've given financially. They have given words of adoration. And their hearts are melted. They are humble before a living God. And so now let's go back to the prayer request, which is in verse 18. Adonai, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, preserve forever such motives, and thoughts in the heart of your people. And so what are we preserving? What are is our thinking? Our thinking is to bless the Lord in these categories so that God is going to preserve this in our heart because this is what His desire is and make their heart constant towards you. Well, if we're blessing the Lord at all times as it talks about in Psalm 34, then uh, we have to understand that we are constantly in an attitude towards God. Now, King David made a pretty short prayer, as I mentioned. But it was an important prayer. So what does he do after this short prayer? What does he do? Verse 20. Then David said to the whole congregation, Now! Bless Adonai, your God. Yeah. So the whole congregation blessed Adonai, the God of their fathers. They bowed down, fell prostrate and before Adonai and the king. Yes, they worship the Lord. They began to bless him. And I believe that not only is blessing God a prerequisite to prayer, I think this is the way we end prayer as well. Yeah. Understanding who he is and blessing him, and thanking him. So the, fir- the idea of first blessing God and, and uh, is, is all throughout scripture, so I'm just going to give you a couple quick examples. Daniel 9.4. You ever want a good example of prayer, you just go to Daniel. And interesting enough, in verse 4 he starts out with confession. But, listen to his confession. I prayed to Adonai, my God, and confessed, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and mercy with those who love him and keeps his mitzvot. So he he starts with praising God, and then he says, we've sinned. Okay, and so... That's how Daniel does it. King Solomon in Second Chronicles 6.14 King Solomon says Adonai, God of Israel there is no God like you in the heavens or in the earth keeping covenant and showing mercy to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. You have kept the promise you made to your servant David my father. Surely you spoke with your mouth and have fulfilled it with your hand as it is today. So this is all praise and worship, and then he goes on to make certain prayers. Finally, let's go to John 17, which is Yeshua's longest uh, teaching and prayer in scripture. Uh, John 17, we're only going to look at one through five, the beginning of this. We know the ending of it, that we shall be one as he and, and, and the Father are one. That's 22, 23, 24 uh, verse, verses in John 17. But in John 17, one, it starts out, Yeshua spoke these things, then lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so the Son may glorify you. Even as you gave him, and it changes the way, uh, you know, the, the, the tense of it, but even as you gave him, meaning Yeshua, authority over all flesh, so it, it comes from the Father, so, he, uh, so may he give eternal life to all those you have given him. Again, the Father has given and this is the eternal life that you may know, uh, that they may know you, the only true God, again, the Father, and Yeshua the Messiah, the, the one you sent. So this is all focused around God the Father, because we know that when Yeshua came to earth, in, in a sense, he gave up um, for that time period. The deity that he had, as we will see in a second. It says here in verse 15, uh, I'm sorry, in verse 4, I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world came to be so a clear reference to yeshua's deity a clear reference to the fact that yeshua in, in on earth when he was with us was humbling himself and giving the blessings and the glory to the father demonstrating to us that as we, that we have to see our relationship with the Father in that way, that we have to understand that the Lord God is, is here, including Yeshua, and, and that we are down here, we are to humble ourselves, we're to give worship and praise. So, as we do this, We, we see the, 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 a few examples, but there are, there are a number of other examples, whether it's Hannah when she prayed and others, who, when you think of prayers in Scripture, wonderful prayers in Scripture, you, you realize, um, and even the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So it starts out, with hallowing be thy name. So, we've got to understand God's principles when we read his word. I'm, I, I'm not here to tell you this is a law that you must um, praise God before and after prayer. But I think that as you study scripture... And you look at the examples, and you look at the teaching, it makes sense that we do this as a practice. And so whether we are here in the synagogue, or whether we are at home in our prayer closet, or on our walk in our larger prayer closet, like myself, uh, as I love to walk outside early in the morning for my prayer closet. But the key is... Start with praise and worship in the most practical way. Think of this: if your kid came right up to you and started to say, "Hey, Dad, I I just wanted to let you know about that bike I wanted," and the first thing you might say is, "Oh, hello. Can we say hi to each other? Uh, good morning, or what? You know, something." Uh, Prior to uh, your laundry list of things you want from me today, so I, I think so. As uh, some some people on Facebook Live and in the sanctuary uh, probably have never blessed God through uh, in in this manner, and another way that you can bless God uh, is by using the gifts and accepting the gifts that the Father has given us. And the greatest gift that the Father has given us that we need to bless him for is Yeshua the Messiah. Because he came to atone for our sins. He came to to give us an abundant life and he even... Allowed in his leaving, in his after he was resurrected, to leave with us the power of God's Spirit so that we could navigate this life and be true disciples of the living God. If that is something that you have never done, accepted Yeshua as your Messiah, if this is something that you have never done, whether you're here or uh, in Facebook Live, I challenge you to do that now. And understand that you are giving to God by receiving his gift. Which is an interesting thought. Think about it. But as you're thinking about it, if you want to do this, pray with me now. Lord, thank you for the gift of Yeshua, who when I accept him, cleanses me from my sins. So I receive Yeshua now as my Lord. Take away my sins. I dedicate myself to you. And as you have said those words, whether you've said them out loud or you've said them in your heart, know that God has heard them and he's welcoming you into a new way of living, into his kingdom. He is the king of his kingdom. And we are the worshipers. And so congratulations to anybody who has done that today. If you're here today, please speak to me. If you're on Facebook Live, call the office because we want to give you a special Bible uh, that will help you navigate through um, your reading of God's Word. So please call us or let us know so that we can give you this free gift. And uh, let's close in prayer. Havinu, Lord, you are our Father. You are our Father, and so we come to you, and we are thankful that we are not alone in this world. We are thankful, Lord, that you are just. We are thank you, thanking you, Lord, that you have mercy. We are definitely thanking you for mercy because you are a righteous judge who could just, uh, you could really give us some punishments that we deserve. But instead, you sent Yeshua, the atonement for our sin. And we want to thank you for that too. You are a great God and worthy to be praised. I pray now that you would just inspire our congregation, to follow you, be directed by you, to consistently focus on you, not let the world influence us so that we won't be like the world, but we will be a light in the world. And Father, so we ask in the name of Yeshua for the power of your Spirit to fall upon us as we End our services here this day in worship. Receive our worship in the name of Yeshua.